Welcome to the Life Family Church Sermon Podcast. If this is your first time listening, you can check us out on our website at lifefamily.church or on Facebook at LFC Beardstown. Now let's get right to the message. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and Holy Spirit, I ask you to use me in whatever capacity you see fit. Use me, Father. Uh, Lord, I ask that they don't see me, but they see the heart of God through the words that I'm speaking. I thank you for your anointing in this place, for your presence in this place that breaks the yoke of bondage. Father, I thank you that uh, nobody leaves this place the same way that they came in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I thought that we would keep with the theme of Missions Month and maybe talk a little bit about missions. Um, So um, I had a story when I was 17. I was sent to a girl's home, and um, that girl's home was in Alabama, and I'm not really going to go into that right now. Some of you know my story, but I was an awful teenager, awful, awful, and so um, what my parents did was they sent me to an all-girls school, which was a word of faith-based school, and I stayed there for a year and a half. In that time, uh, within a month month of being there, um, I got saved and I got born again, and completely, God just completely changed my life uh, from that moment on. But um, I attended there for a year and a half, like I said, and after that, I came on as staff. And I worked for uh, the main lady who was over it. Her name was Sean. And um, she was also a Rama graduate, and she traveled and she preached, and so I helped her a lot. I did her itinerary. Um, I managed her office. I uh, traveled with her and shared my testimony and um, was basically her personal assistant. So everything you can think of is what I did. Um, and um, what just happened there? I, I lost a whole paragraph of my notes, but we'll just keep going with it anyway. Okay, so I had been born again for about a month and um, I didn't know much about the word. You know, I I grew up in South Africa. South Africa is still primarily a Christian nation. So you've got a lot of Christianity built into your schools, public schools. So um, I knew a lot of the Old Testament. I did not know anything about relationship. So I knew God wanted a relationship. I knew that uh, God had created us. Uh, I knew he had a set rule of, a set uh, of rules and regulations, but I didn't know that he wanted to know me and wanted communion with me. So I knew some of the word going in, but none of the New Testament, like I said. And I was working in the office one day, and we had just kind of been learning that the Holy Spirit will talk to you personally. I had never had that happen, but I knew to be on the lookout for that. And so I'm in the office just doing some paperwork, and... um, I hear something, not audibly, but in my spirit. The same way you, you kind of have a really strong thought like, whoops, did I you know, do that? Or, um, and I heard Matthew 10, 8. And I was like, Matthew 10, 8? Is, is that a verse in the Bible? Is that something? Is Matthew even a book? Um, and so I go to all the girls in the office and I was like, hey, is Matthew a book in the Bible? And they're like, I don't know if it's a book. Um, and so I'm going around to all the other girls and they're like, I don't know, because they were all in the same situation that I was in. And so one of the staff members overhears that, and she leans over, and she's like, look it up. (laughs) So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I ran over to the bookshelf. I got the Bible, and after quite a few minutes, I found Matthew 
And I was like, oh, okay, it's a book. Okay, is there a chapter 10? Yeah, there's a chapter 10. Is there a verse 8? Yeah, there's a verse 8. And what does it say? What does Matthew 10, 8 say? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Let me read that again. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This was huge for me. When I heard this, this might mean nothing to some of you, but for me, I bawled. Because in my spirit, I knew I was called to ministry at that moment. I didn't know before. I knew that there were some big things God wanted me to do in whatever capacity that looked like before I was saved. Because remember, I knew a little bit about God. But I didn't know he was calling me to ministry until that very moment. So I literally sat on the floor of that office and bawled. Um, it was such a humbling moment for me. If any of you have been called to ministry, you know that. Or even through our salvation experience, you know that when God uses you or forgives you or speaks to you, it's humbling because we know what we're about. We know what we've been through. We know what we do, what thoughts we have. And for God of the universe to go, I choose you, that's just an awesome moment. So that was that moment for me. And that fire was um, put inside my heart from that moment, the fire of God. And I remember being at Rama. I was a first-year Rama student. Does anybody remember Lakewood, Lakewood Live? Like they would have their, it's kind of like Lakewood Church is Joel Osteen's church, but they had their own worship band. And they had this song that came out around that time. And it was, um, it was called We Speak to Nations. Does anybody remember that? And the first, yep, that one. You probably played it a hundred times. Um, and the first line is, um, hear the sound, the sound of the nations calling. Hear the sound, the sound of the fatherless crying. Who will go for us? Who will shout to the corners of the earth that Christ is king? That still gives me chills. That still gives me chills. And I remember just sitting on my uh, kitchen floor as a first-year student, crying to that. Obviously, I cried a lot. <laughs> you can see a theme here. Um, just crying and going, God, I'll do it. Do you want to use me? I'll do it. Where do you want me to go? If you tell me to go here to Africa, I'll go back. You tell me to go to Europe, I'll go. You want me to go to the middle of the desert, I'll go. Because my heart was so hungry to be pleasing to the Father because he had just picked me up out of a life of a hot mess and set his stamp of approval on me. And so I was just so ready to be used by him that anything he asked, I was ready to go. Um, I, uh, I just covered that. All right. So Matthew 10, 8, do you know that that's not uh, specifically written in your Bible to Pamela? Do you know that's written to you as well? It's written to every single one of you. In fact, it's not just written, it's commanded. So it's saying, Bob, cleanse those who have leprosy, give sight to the blind, freely you have received. Debbie, the same. Brandon, the same. Athena, the same. We're all called to do the works of Jesus Christ. All of us. So I want you to um, just listen to these scriptures. I'll go through them pretty quickly. If you want to look them up, you can. Um, but uh, it's probably easier if you just look at the screen. So Mark 15, 16, and he said, who's he? He is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, go 
into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye and therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Luke 14, 23. And the Lord said to his servant, go out. I want you to notice that. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Matthew 10, 7. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Those are just a few references that I have for you. There are actually quite a few more. I just kind of wanted to drive a point home. But um, Jesus is telling us this to replicate his life and his ministry on earth. So to you, I am saying, go, preach, teach, make disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, compel them to fill the house of the Lord. Why? Because freely you have received, now freely give. Jesus said these very plainly. He didn't suggest them. He told them. I don't know about you, but if Jesus tells me to do something, I probably want to do it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I would venture to say that a lot of the problems that we face as a nation are because the church no longer goes out and no longer compels. We've taken a passive stance and expect the world to come beating on our doors, and that's not what Jesus said. He said, you go get them. You make them come here. They're not going to come to you. You go out into the highways and byways and tell them to come in. So where is God telling you to go? Sometimes it's not a physical going, but a mental going, a saying, yes, I'll do what you're asking me to do. Uh, You know, we hear that God doesn't qualify the called. He calls, or God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the calls and the called. And that's definitely been true in my life. The most unqualified person by natural circumstances But God saw me fit, and God made sure I had the goods to do what I needed to do. Um, God does not care about your wealth or your appearance, your house. Man cares about that stuff, but that's of no use to God. God cares about a willing and obedient heart. So are you willing to do what other people say no to? Are you willing to give up everything because he gave up everything for you? And that's really what he's asking of each of us. He's saying, pick up your cross and follow me. You know, when you read through the, um, the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I noticed a theme when I was going through it last year. And as Jesus approached all of his disciples and he said, uh, he said, okay, I want you to stop what you're doing and come and follow me. Most of them were in the middle of something, but they all went, Okay. None of them said, hold on, I have to go tell my dad where I'm going. He's going to wonder where I went, which is just, is just crazy to me. He said, no, I'll go. The other, one was, uh, the other one, I think, was working. He dropped his nets, and he said, okay. That's what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to not go, well, hold on, you didn't give me an itinerary yet. On Tuesday, will there be breakfast? Are we going to be able to see our family this, this day, this day, and this day? Or um, can you tell me if there's a pay raise in a year? He just says, are you willing? Yes? Okay. I'll make a way for you. Amen? Okay. So he's not asking you to have everything figured out. That's for him to do. 
He just wants you to say yes. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So are you born again? If you are born again, you are then righteous. And that means that your steps are then ordered of him. Amen. All right. Um, the people that you see being used mightily of God, whether that's, you know, in pastoral ministry, whether it's in missions, whether it's evangelists or business or whatever it is, you know what they all have in common? They all said yes. They all said yes. One word. Is it scary sometimes? Yep. Is it? Un yes. <laughs> is it uncertain sometimes? Yes. Uh, but it's also the most rewarding thing that you'll ever do in your life. And um, you can read the word and not obey it, but the blessing is in the obedience. It didn't take me long to realize uh, that when the Bible says go into all the world, he's not only talking about international missions. Mission trips are important. I know you guys know that um, we believe very strongly on that. In fact, that's why we're having Missions Month. That's why we have missionaries on the back board. And um, when I was at Rama, my concentration second year was actually missions. So I have a very strong heart for missions abroad. But with that being said, um, not everybody can do that. So do you feel condemned because you can't physically get on a plane? Some of you cannot do that. Um, some of you cannot uh, go to a third world country and uh, eat mystery meat and <laughs> drink sketchy water and be okay. Your, your body will not allow that. Um, so what do you do? What do you do because you can't go abroad? It doesn't mean that you're exempt from God's purpose. No, it doesn't. Your backyard is a mission field. Your place of work is a mission field. Your local Dairy Queen is a mission field. Your local high school is a mission field. I believe that God wants us to share the good news in all these places. Um, if you haven't noticed, our own communities are in need of hope. Our coworkers, you know, you've got coworkers that are considering suicide. You've got a lady at the supermarket who's hooked on drugs and doesn't know how to get clean but so desperately wants to. Um, you've got a guy in class with you who is considering bringing a gun because he's so depressed. These people need Jesus. They need the hope of the world. So let's be the hope that Jesus called us to be. But, you know, I'm so thankful that we don't have to do it alone. Um, Acts 1.8. I don't know if you have that one, Aaron. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You will receive the power, not the preacher, not the evangelist, not the missionary only. You, as just a believer, will receive power. Um, you know, there's a lady who is a, I think she's a Rama director for one of the schools in Samoa, and um, her name's Patty, and uh, she's over the whole South Pacific region there of Samoa. And I didn't know there were so many little islands there. There are islands all over the place. And there are, on these islands, there are people who have never seen civilized man, <laughs> who don't know everyday life like we do. I mean, it's remote. It's extremely remote. Anyway, she, I always thought this was funny, Her, she has a boat that allows her to access all these little islands so she can go preach the gospel with her team. And it's called the Uttermost Witness. 
And I just always thought that was so clever. It always just stuck with me that she is literally going to the uttermost parts of the earth. Um, God has instructed every believer to go into all the world. Why? Why has God done this? Why would God ask us to do basically his work if we're going to be honest about it? Because he loves them. John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him would be saved. I want you to notice that it says right there that he did not send his son to condemn the world. He wants them saved, all of them. Everything he asks of us is motivated by an enormous amount of love. He, uh, he's telling you to go so that others may be saved, so that others may know that he heals and that others may know his love for them and that they may know that he sent his only son so that they may be saved. So when we obey God and we say yes to wherever, whatever he says, he promises the power of the Holy Spirit will accompany you. What does that mean for you? That's kind of vague. So if I go out and I'm going to minister to somebody and you say, okay, God, I've got the Holy Spirit with me. What does that mean for me? Well, everything that embodies the person of the Holy Spirit is now at your disposal and is with you. That means that you now have peace, you have comfort, you have strength, understanding, wisdom, direction, and supernatural power. Yeah. Praise God. Uh, what happens if, okay, so, um, oh, so um, I skipped a note again. Anyway, so I know that going out and ministering can be intimidating. If anybody is like me, which I know that actually several of you are similar to me, um, you know that I do not want to go out and talk to people. <laughs> I love people. I love them very deeply. I like having conversations one-on-one -on -one with them, but I'm not him. I can't just go out to anybody and strike up a conversation right off the bat. I have to kind of think of my words, uh, get things in order, and then I'm good to go. So I am not a natural evangelist. He would be more of a natural evangelist. He can go up to absolutely anybody and just start talking. That's not me. Um, but the Holy Spirit leads us. Uh, he leads us to the right people, and he leads us to the people whose hearts are receptive. And so what if some of you are saying, okay, so I'm willing to do this. Uh, Pamela, you know we live in a small town. Everybody knows everybody, everybody's family. Um, what if they reject me? What if they think I'm stupid? What if I go and preach to them and they go, great, you're one of those loony ones? Because that's real. We've heard this stuff, right? All right, uh, Matthew 10, 5, 14. Because you know what? The reality is that might happen. It happened to Jesus. Chances are you're going to be rejected by some. So Matthew 10, 5 through 14. Okay, so Jesus was talking to his 12 disciples here and giving instructions for their journey. And he said, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Don't take any money with you. Don't take a traveler's bag with an extra coat or sandals. These are instructions, literally, or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Wherever, whenever you enter a city or a village, search for a worthy man and stay in his home until you leave the next town for the next town. 
When you are invited into someone's home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, uh, let your blessing stand. If not, take back the blessing. If the village doesn't welcome you or listen to you, shake off the dust from that place, place from your feet as you leave. So uh, he doesn't say, okay, I want you to sit and I want you to have an argument with these people who don't believe. I need you to convince them that the gospel is real. He doesn't say, well, I know they're probably not going to listen to you anyway, so don't bother going to them. No, he says, you're going to go out and you're going to give everybody the opportunity to hear and you're going to give everybody the opportunity to accept and make a choice. And if they say, we don't want your God, you know what you do? You dust, this, you dust it off. Dust it off. All right. Because I know that keeps a lot of people from preaching the gospel. But it's something that's so important to the, the heart of God. But we're so concerned about what are people going to think and how are they going to treat me to the point to where we care more about the opinions of man Versus what God is telling us to do. And that's kind of a scary place to be. We don't want to be in that place. So, um, I, I don't like it when preachers do this, but I'm going to do it to you. <laughs> Everybody close your eyes for a second. So, I want you to really consider this in your heart. I want you to really think this through, okay? Do you really believe hell is a literal place? That there is fire, that there is torment in here? Do you believe that people will really go here if they re reject Jesus? Do you believe that uh, God sent his only son that died for you and that your place was taken in hell forever? Do you believe that? Okay, you can open your eyes. Then why aren't we telling people? If we really believe he died and you really believe this life is so awesome, this Christian walk, why aren't we telling people? Why are we withholding this? You know, you almost have to look at it like a key. And if I, I told you that I had this supernatural key, and this key would give you peace for the rest of your life, it would give you joy, it would unlock your finances, you wouldn't have to struggle anymore, you wouldn't have to contemplate depression and suicide anymore, your family could live in freedom. If I had this key and you were struggling and you found out I had this key, but I never told you about it, wouldn't you be kind of mad? If I had the answers to all of your problems, but I never told you because I was afraid, wouldn't you be kind of mad at me? The gospel is that key, and the whole world is searching for it. We must take the gospel to our world now more than ever. Jesus is really coming back. It's not a saying. It's not a religious thought. He's really coming back, people. Physically literally, spiritually, Jesus Christ is returning any day now. He's coming sooner than you realize, and he's coming for his people. Now is not the time to take a backseat spiritually. It's actually quite the opposite. The church must work overtime to bring in the final harvest. As the devil works harder than he's ever, as he sees the end approaching, the body of Christ must work that much harder. Amen. Amen. That's it. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message helps you draw closer to God as you walk out your faith. We'll see you next week.